Hey, y'all. Welcome to another episode of the Grit Per 60 podcast, Breaking News Edition. My name is Connor Farrell. You can call me TC. And I am joined from Utah by hey, Trent Crim's understudy. Trent Crim's understudy. Hey, everybody. Uh, it's Brendan. I totally botched that part, too. It's all good. Crent Trim. How is Crent Trim? <laughs> it's pretty good. Pretty good. I know at one point before, I, I think like the whole Ted Lasso thing got too overblown. I uh, almost changed part of my uh, Twitter like bio to the high school version of Trent Crim. Um, nice. Oh, but then that makes it sound like you're in high school. Yeah. Or like the high school sports version of okay i love it but now everybody is a ted lasso fan i still haven't started season two yet so no spoilers for me please yeah exactly exactly but uh yeah so it's a bit of an emergency pod tonight um you know ordinarily we try to do it about you know every two weeks or whatever or whenever we feel like recording but yeah um sometimes things happen and we're like well guess we just have to record again and that happened on thursday and let me tell you it is a really weird experience being out here on the uh in mountain time zone because sometimes you just wake up and things happen like mm-hmm. i woke up and i was you know, feeling pretty good and i was reading you know i was looking at my phone and i was like oh cool jack eichel just got traded for a mediocre return to my least favorite nhl team Today's fine. This is okay. Yeah, and it was the, the return. I was like, "Is that?" I feel like they could have asked for more, but I'm not sure if there were too many other teams in uh, in the running at that point. Um, yeah. So yeah, why, why don't you list the return for us, please? I was going to ask you to list the return for us because I don't have it on here. <laughs> Okay, yeah, so it was uh, obviously Jack Eichel for uh, a, or well, for Alex Tuck, uh, then uh, a prospect, Peyton Krebs, and then uh, Vegas's first round pick this year, but it's top 10 protected, and um, they swapped thirds. Yay! So top 10 protected, What? how does that work if they if their pick is in the top 10 and it's top 10 protected. Yeah. So how, how do. Yeah. So what I believe happens is um, let's say Vegas, cause they have a million injuries and Jack Eichel's not going to be part of the team until like, I don't know, late February at the earliest. Mm-hmm. Um, what would happen at that point is um, yeah. And then like that pick ends up in the top 10, God forbid. Uh, what would happen is Vegas would keep that pick and they would give Buffalo their pick next year. Got it. Yeah. So it's which if great. your team like Buffalo, I'm assuming they they would rather have the pick sooner than later. Um, I don't know just, if it matters that much, but like if you're rebuilding, you want to get that going pretty soon. I think it just depends. Um, so like, I think both drafts are supposed to be pretty good, uh, but. The thing is, is that sometimes these like protected, unprotected picks become a debacle because you end up with no, like say Vegas is bad this year because of all the injuries and stuff. Right. And it ends up in the top 10. Um, And then let's say 
Jack Eichel has like a setback with his neck or something, or they have a million injuries again next year and they suck again because they've got like five dudes on the team at this point. Um, at that point, uh, you would, you wouldn't be able to do anything. Like you would just lose like a top five pick instead of, you know, giving it away the year before, I guess I did a horrible job of explaining it, but sometimes it can be a little risky business. Like with the senators, right. When they gave, uh, Colorado, their first round pick, I believe that pick was protected in 2018, right. They were gambling that they were going to be, you know, like, I guess, good or whatever. And they weren't. And they had to... Spoiler alert. Yeah. They were not good. And they opted to protect the pick in 2018, which is all fine and dandy. But then they were left in a situation in 2019 where, okay, this team is still really bad, but we can't really tank because we don't have a first-round pick to tank with. Mm. But I don't think it's going to be a problem with Vegas because it seems like the thing with Vegas is, okay, they might be bad this year. Might, because it seems like this team is never allowed to be bad. Uh, they might be bad this year. But next year, when you can load up a top line with Max Pacioretty, Mark Stone, and Jack Eichel, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, the idea... I didn't even put, like, mentally put Pacioretty on that line, but, like, the idea of Jack Eichel centering Mark Stone is like that potential is just oh chef's kiss. I'm still wondering if you end up at like a point like where you know how the Penguins originally acquired Phil Castle to be, you know, Sidney Crosby's best friend instead of having Sid pass to Pet Rocks. But it turned out that like those two didn't mesh all that well together. And so they just kind of staggered them out. I wonder if you load up that line like that, if you just have one of those too many cooks, not enough waiters situation. Too many cooks. You mean like Manchester United? I'm sorry. This is not a soccer podcast. Um, We're not going to get into that. Um, But just to add to your point about drafting uh, in 2022 through the first four rounds, Vegas only has two draft picks. Yeah, they have gone they have all second in. round and they have the Rangers third round pick. I don't know if they've gone all in to the point that like Columbus went all in, you know, a couple of years ago or a few years ago when they sure. uh, basically got rid of all of their draft picks for, you know, j- just to see if they could run the table, run the gauntlet. But right. yeah, they're, I mean, they're, again, their farm system was already kind of eh because they were a young team that never sucked. So they never, I mean, they stockpiled picks, but like they also spent a lot of assets on players like Mark Stone and, you know, Max Pacioretty and, oh yeah, Jack Eichel. So like you got rid of your top prospect again. So yeah, at that point, you know, I keep thinking that at some point, like all this big fish hunting for Vegas is eventually going to catch up with them and they'll just have no depth. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it matters when you have Jack Eichel, Max Pacioretty, and Mark Stone all locked up for the next like three years, at least. Well, I was going to say, I, I think it was catch up to them more in terms of like team chemistry because you just don't have a lot of dudes playing together for very long. 
and once you once they do start playing together and get comfortable with them, one of them gets shipped out to bring in the next big guy. And I don't know. I mean, they've kind of gotten off a slow start, and probably a lot of that is due to missing Mark Stone and William Carlson and Max Pacioretty and Nolan Patrick. Um, no, I'm just kidding about the Nolan Patrick one. I don't really think. Anyway, that's a different conversation. Um, but like, I don't know. I feel like they should be doing better than where they are because they still have like Jonathan March, so Riley Smith. Um, I don't know if I necessarily Chandler, I'll throw Chandler Stevenson out there, even though I don't know if I necessarily agree that he's that like if he should be considered that good, but well, that's a I don't know. Um the they problem still have a pretty is... good defensive core. Um Alex yeah. Petrangelo, Al, um, Alec Martinez, Shea Theodore, like that's a pretty good top four through well, three other four. Um they've got Nicholas Haig up there who I don't know that much about out but like that's still like there's still players on this team and i feel like they should be doing better than they are even with all their injuries and i wonder if that's just a lot of like the fact that like alec martinez came in what last year alex petrangelo came in this year uh like like it just feels like they have it's not a cohesive unit well i think martinez was a couple what was like a few years ago petrangelo is last year um, but you, like that's the big thing though is that Petrangelo it, it's been rough uh, he's had a rough start to the year and he's locked up at 8.8 $8 million dollars through mm-hmm. you know 2027 you know like that's uh, that would be my big worry right now is that Alex Petrangelo's numbers are pretty awful so far um, but there's not a whole lot you can do when Stone, Pacioretty, and Eichel are all on long-term IR. Stone on long-term IR? Yeah. Oh, it just has daily face-off, just has him listed as out. Yeah. Him and Cap- William Carlson are both out. Cap friendly has him, has him uh, on long-term IR. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be tough sliding for them for a bit. The other night, they iced Brett Howden as their number one center. And it's just, yes. that's just kind of where they're at. Like, they were already thin at center. Nicholas Roy is listed up by Daily Faceoff as their one C. Yeah, it's it's been real like they were already really, really thin at center. Like Chandler Stevenson was their number one center in the playoffs last year. So it's just it's it's not and a great situation. Maybe maybe I shouldn't be so negative about Chandler Stevenson, but I don't know. I don't I just feel like if you're gonna be a playoff team, maybe he shouldn't be your one C or two C. Maybe he should be on your third line and you'll be fine. I don't know. Yeah, he was definitely a passenger on that line, but when you're playing with Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty, like that's kind of all you really need to do to make a line cook. But fair enough. Yeah, it'll it'll be better for them once they start getting guys back. Once uh, they start getting dudes. Yeah, but I mean, well, you know what'll happen because this is hockey, right? Uh They'll get Mark Stone back, and they'll get Eichel at some point, and then March or so will be hurt. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, Vegas is a weird case where they've just been—at least I feel. Maybe I'm just. This is just me being a really bitter Sharks fan, but I feel like this has been just one of the stupidly most lucky teams mm-hmm. 
in like the last like five years. Like just everything just works out for them. And it's really annoying. Like, it's just like, I feel like, okay, they have act, they have acquired Mark Stone and Jack Eichel through trades in the last three years. And it really hasn't cost them all that much. And it just really annoys me. Yep. And I, I was thinking, I was like, well, I don't and, know. And if we want to add to that, they, when they got in Petrangelo, someone went and uh, bailed them out for cap space. Well, yeah, but that one wasn't too bad. I mean, I wasn't too mad at the Canucks and the Jets for bailing them out. Like, I understood why the Jets wanted Paul Stastny. And I understood why the Canucks went in Nate Schmidt. But yeah, it's that that's the other thing though. It's like they're gonna have to move somebody. They're not gonna be under the cap when Eichel's healthy. Even with IR recapture. Yeah, like I don't like you you can't just be on long-term IR because like the team can't fit you in. Like you have to be actively hurt. So like let's say But do you? Let's Do say, you have to be actually actively hurt? Are you are you going to go lightning conspiracy theorist <laughs> on me? I'm absolutely not, um, because I do think he was hurt. I think he probably was. He came back later, like he was. They were very cautious with bringing him back. Like he might have been able to play sooner, but like, what's the point? They at that point, I think they were already either going to make the playoffs or like eighty percent, ninety percent going to make the playoffs or something. I just don't understand why, like, you're a professional hockey player. Like, at this point, I don't know if there's any hockey player that would be like, yeah, I'm cool with just not playing for a bit, even though I'm healthy. You know? That part doesn't okay. make sense to me. So, but we know, like, being over the cap in the playoffs doesn't matter. Right. Right. So, if they're over the cap during the regular season, what – is the penalty for that like what what can the nhl do i don't know because i don't think we've ever run into that situation before ah here we go um here we that go. would be that'd be tough the only thing i can think of would be like if i remember when the penguins ran out of call-ups hl call-ups after the deadline um a few years ago 2015 and they just played down the stretch with five defensemen because they had guys hurt and they could not call up another defenseman that's the only thing I can think of. I just, I can't think of anything where like a team was stuck because they couldn't activate a guy off long-term IR because they didn't have the room for him. This might be, um, this might be getting close, closer into that conspiracy theory uh, side of things, but I'm reminded of a quote from former U S president, Andrew Jackson. And you know, if I'm quoting Andrew Jackson, this is going to be good. The Supreme court has made the ruling. Now let's see them enforce it. Yeah, exactly. I listen. Nothing would make me more bitter than Jack Eichel being out for the rest of the regular season and then being healthy in the playoffs. That was the thing I was asking myself last year. Was I? I didn't really mind the Lightning, but I was wondering if that was just because of my own like Floridian biases. Yeah, um, I have I, lots of Lightning friends, and I want to see them happy. Yeah, and so I was asking myself, well, if Vegas did it, how would you feel? And I was mentally, I was like, yeah, I'd be pretty mad about it. And now I'm thinking about it. Where, but would you really think they're cheating? Like you would be frustrated with it because they're your, they're your, they're your, your rival, right? But would you say, oh, they 
they cheated. They stole the cup away from other contending teams. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's just, I think there's a big difference there. Because like you still, you still have to earn it. Like yeah. it's not just like here you go. Well, the you hardest trophy cup. to win in sports. Yeah. Well, also I think like the big thing for me was that like a lot of that long term IR for the Lightning was on guys who weren't going to play last year anyway. <laughs> Granted, the Kucherov thing was whack, but um, yeah. Yeah. And Kutrov's on IR again. Yeah, he's going to be out the entire regular season. You watch. <laughs> there's there's a uh, there's a big difference I think in Kutrov sitting out this year versus Kutrov sitting out last year. Like I don't know. I'm like I guess with that division the Lightning will still make the playoffs probably. But it looks a lot harder this year than it did last year. Well, you don't have the advantage of like small sample sizes. You know? True. Like Sure, them going without Kucherov in the regular season last year was difficult, but like maintaining that play over 82 games is significantly more difficult. But let's let's go back to let's go back to Vegas here. Is in that I am still wondering who they end up moving. There's just so many like what ifs. I feel like with Vegas right now, like they have to get rid of somebody and. I don't know if you noticed, there aren't a whole lot of teams that are like, yeah, I can take on $5 million for you. That's no big deal. There, there are none. Well, there's a few. Looking at Phoenix. Always looking at Phoenix. Yeah, but I, I mean, I don't know how much space they actually have because they took up all of the league's bad contracts in one offseason. Like, I, I mean, I guess they could just call up their old buddies in Buffalo again, but Hey, can you take on $5 million (laughs) for us? I feel like if they, I feel like if that was going to come up, it would have come up during these trade talks. Yeah, I suppose. Like one of the things that I saw, I think it was from, uh, it was a quote from the, one of the uh, Buffalo GM saying that uh, uh, retaining salary was a non-starter. Yeah. And that's the big thing for a lot of teams that turns away. So, like, here's the thing, though, is that, okay, you took on $10 million, right? And, like, Vegas was pretty much right up against the cap, right? So, you take on $10 million and you give, um, let's see, give me some, okay, you give away 4.75. Like, that's roughly another $5 million you need to offload, give or take. I think it's like $5.25 million. So I think it's one of the situations where we won't know the end of it until like we figure out like when Eichel is going to be healthy. Cause like, right. there's no point in like getting rid of players now when you don't know what your situation is going to be like, but I am interested to see what Vegas does because they've already like had to, you know, offload their depth and like other moves to make big moves or to fit everything in under the cap. So, like, further remove parts from it is going to be what if, interesting. I was just thinking about teams that could try to take on some cap. What if, uh, what if our boy Stevie Y over in Detroit decides to try to see if he can improve his team through this? Well, it is interesting because I think Detroit's off to like a pretty decent start this year. Projected cap space eleven million dollars, eleven point seven, or I guess really eleven point eight if you round properly. Um, and by pretty decent, I mean they're third from last in the Atlantic, so 
don't mind me. Um, <laughs> what if Detroit <laughs> makes the playoffs over the leaps? Uh, Imagine the scenes in Toronto. Yeah, no, I don't think so. But I mean, probably not. But like, yeah, like there are still the leaps. Like that could happen. There are definitely teams with space, but like again, just because they have space doesn't mean they want your garbage, right? Like this isn't a, a cat friendly armchair GM where you can just be like, oh, I'm going to give five million dollars of you know space to Ottawa, like. Well, but that's it's five million dollars of space means they have to unload a player, right? Yeah. So they with that, I'm not without looking at the contracts that they have. That sounds like they would have to give up at least a decent player. Yeah. Like, this isn't just Vegas's garbage; they'd have to give up. This is probably something uh, not like the maybe maybe not the, a world beater, but. A significant player, probably. Yeah, so that is indeed the problem. So, like, the guys that are making at least $5 million for Vegas are Evgeny Dadanov, Riley Smith, Jonathan Marchessault, William Carlson. We'll count Mark Stone and Alex Petrangelo, though we, we all know they're not moving. Alec Martinez, Shea Theodore, mm-hmm. and Robin Leonard. And yeah, and Max Patchett ready. Like those are all either guys who have like most of those contracts run for years. Like it's not just, oh, can you take on this bad contract for us for a year and we'll give you picks, right? They- What if, sorry, continue. These are like, for example, let's say they want to get rid of, um, well, I guess Riley Smith. Riley Smith, he, he has a $5 million deal that runs out this year. Mm-hmm. The problem, though, is that, like, let's say Ottawa, probably not going to take on a 30-year-old for a year and be like, oh, yeah, now we're going to compete this year. Well, they would probably get a pick out of it, right? Right. But Vegas has already traded their first rounder this year. They're, Maybe a 2023 pick, possibly. Or, yeah, right. So, like, they've already given up this year's first-round pick, um, right. kind of. And if they don't give this year's first round pick, then they're giving up next year's first round pick. And then like, and they don't have next year's second or second rounder. So I don't know what you want me to do. Um, oh, sorry. Here's the, here, here's the, um, hold on. Uh, so while you're figuring that out, um, I do have, actually I'll save that for later because it's a different thought on entirely. Um, but I was also thinking, like, okay, so maybe they don't trade away someone who's making at least five. Maybe they trade away two players who equal $5 million. So if they trade away two players who are, like, at about two, $2.5 mil each. Yeah, but the problem with that is, um, one, you're already, like, that's, like, your depth is already starting to get compromised a bit. Mm-hmm. So now you're trading two players instead of one. Um and the other thing is that, like, pretty much everybody on Vegas is making at least five million, or is making like one million. That sounds like well, welcome to Vegas. Yeah. Okay. So, I would like to um, retract my initial statement on the whole first round pick thing. Oh. Um, so, the condition on the first round pick is if the pick is in the top ten. Vegas will instead transfer their 2023 first round pick to Buffalo. Sure. 
Um, and then, but this, this also says if Vegas's first round pick in the 2022 draft is a top 10 pick, then Vegas will transfer their 2024 second round pick instead. And that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense. I thought it was the, I thought it was the way that the first way where they just transferred the 2020. I think this is a, this has to be okay. Can we just call it 23 and 22 instead of saying 2022? Oh, you know what? I wonder if, um, if they go to the next year, they have to also add in a second. Well, no, what I, yeah, what I'm, yeah, that's what I'm wondering is if they let me look up some something that somebody, some professional has actually written about it. But I'm wondering if um, that's the case where, like, if, where if they give it up or like if it's in top 10 this year, they have to give 2023 or their 23 first and their second. Hold up. Uh, while you're looking that up. I do want to bring up one of the other points that I was thinking about with this trade. Um, and I guess this is why this trade kind of rubs me the wrong way. And I, it goes back to what I was talking about earlier about how I don't really agree with the philosophy that um, Vegas is using to build their team because I don't think it's very efficient. I don't think it leads to long-term success um, in that they are acquiring Eichel, who's a very good player, very good player. And the idea of Eichel playing with, uh, Mark Stone frightens me. They are in turn giving up Alex Tuck and another roster player whose name escapes me. Um, and as we're talking about now, they're going to have to try to make moves to make the um, cap space work, which means they're going to have to give up more roster players. Right. What I notice with teams who are successful in the playoffs, and maybe this is just this is just anecdotally from what I've watched and maybe someone could form a better argument that would counteract what I'm talking about, but the teams that are successful in the playoffs, they are the teams that you can rely on all 22 players to be at least decent. Right. So you, or at least you can have two or, th- or not two, you have three scoring lines, three scoring lines, maybe four scoring lines and at least two pairs that will play you know at least two pairs that are reliable defensively ideally all three right and then one really good starting goaltender that's hot in the playoffs um and if you can get a backup that's solid as well that's ideal by trading away all of these other pieces they seem to be running counter to that idea where they can build a team of superstars they're i guess they're going more top heavy than deep Right. And now, as you mentioned earlier, their death or their death, their depth <laughs> right now is already pretty suspect, particularly as it comes to injuries. So they've got what five injuries? Um, I think they've got seven roster. guys or something. I think it's um, seven. And they and the injuries are hitting some pretty important players for them. Okay. Well, who are you relying on to step up now? Brett Howden and Chandler Stevenson. Are those the guys you really want playing the top minutes? Not really, but I guess the same could be true for a lot of other NHL teams. Um, I guess so to my, the point that I'm trying to make here is you're trading away these other guys that could step up in this moment to bring in one guy who could contribute and is very, very good when you may need multiple guys to fill that in. Is that I don't know if I explained that well, but 
Yeah, I was going to say that it's it's very interesting to see how Vegas in just a few years went from the team of misfits that while they didn't have a star, they have like, they can just roll four lines at you to a team loaded with like, like with really, really good players. But then after that, like the drop off is pretty steep. So I like, I, I don't know <laughs> what to tell you about that. It is interesting. You know, it'll be interesting to see what happens come playoff time with this group. But um, they definitely okay, do so have some questions. All right. So here, here's, I figured yeah. out, I figured out the, the whole conditional picks thing. Oh boy. Okay. Scenarios. So I forgot that they also sent a Buffalo, it was, will also receive a conditional second. Basically, okay. So the, as it stands, like let's say Buffalo or let's say Vegas ends the regular season outside the top 10 and like their draft pick, they don't win the lottery or anything. They're picking like 11th or something. Um, Vegas would keep the pick or sorry, Buffalo would get the pick and they would use it this year. They would get Vegas's second router next year. Okay. Are you good? Okay. All right. I was thinking about something else, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> if Continue. Vegas's first round pick this year is a top 10 pick. You basically just push everything back by a year. Okay. So that 2022 first becomes a 23 first, that 23 second becomes a 24 um, okay. second. So both of those that makes picks sense. are top 10. That's top easy 10. to follow. That made more sense. I was, I didn't read cat friendly originally as two separate conditions for like mm. two separate picks i'm an idiot i mean the same no, thing good. goes for um yeah okay yeah i think we're good do you have any more um talking points on the vegas golden knights um i mean yeah no do you I'm want good. to talk real briefly about buffalo yeah we can talk real real briefly I think Buffalo is in this situation where they're just happy to get it over with. And I don't think they did that badly. The conditions on the picks are whack. Like I think that, I think that Vegas should have had to give up more to have one of those picks protected considering how big their potential for disaster is this year. Right. Like I don't, want to be over the top about this, but I feel like Vegas is in a situation kind of similar with where the Sharks were in 2019-20, where they were a Peter DeBoer team that got off to... (laughs) It is a Peter DeBoer team. That got off to a bad start with horrible analytics after appearing or after losing in the conference finals and then had a bunch of injuries. But like they're kind of in that situation (laughs) and the Sharks didn't have a first-round pick that year. Oh my gosh. So that's what makes me mad is I was so hopeful that like they would roll the dice on that. Like the reason why the sharks didn't protect that pick was Doug Wilson said later that would have had to involve even more assets, which I don't even want to think about because how that trade has been, (laughs) but yeah, I don't think Buffalo did like that badly. I was still underwhelmed by initially saw it. Like I think moving forward, Alex talk and Peyton Krebs will be solid. Like, middle six options for them. They're not going to transform a franchise. They're not Jack Eichel. Um, And 
I guess this trade kind of helps them tank, but doesn't really seem like Jack Eichel was going to be there anyway. So there's that too. But I think there was just a whole thing of like, we just need to get this over with. And now they have yeah. three first round picks for, yep. for this year, potentially. And, and three... they've added a couple of players who will actually contribute to their team. Well, they added a player who contribute now. And Peyton Krebs will hopefully be a solid player for them moving forward. Sure. And hey, maybe with some lottery luck. And they're off to a really good start. Yeah. So I, I know I joked earlier about uh, Detroit finishing above um, the Leafs. Buffalo it's not, not going to be Buffalo. The Leafs. But I think Buffalo has fallen off a bit since those first like few like good games. Um, but we'll have to see how it goes. But uh, I, I don't think Buffalo is going to hold on to that strong start. And I don't think they want to. Like, I'm sure the players do. But I don't think that, like, it's a good idea, is what I'm saying. Number one goalie, Dustin Tokarski. Yeah. I don't think anyone's going to out-tank Arizona this year. No. Which... Mm, Chicago. <laughs> Chicago might. But, like, Arizona is, like, by far, I think, like, the worst team I've ever seen, just, like, roster-wise. No, like... don't do my boy ghost like that. Well, like, no offense to him, but, like, you want to talk about it's an island boy. of misfit toys? I don't even know what you would call, like, what Arizona is at this point. Like, there's nothing redeeming there. I guess maybe Jacob Chikrin, but, like... Jacob Chikrin. Free, free, hashtag free Jacob. Like, legitimately, who are the Coyotes going to pick up points against? You know, <laughs> for a little bit, I thought they might pick up points against the Flyers, but they didn't. So, yeah, I don't think I'm overdoing it on the whole Arizona bit, but yeah, I think for Buffalo, there's just some comfort in like getting this thing over with and not completely embarrassing yourself. Um, have have you talked to your Sabres friend? Yeah, I think he was just kind of eh. Which is really weird because, like, the day before, there was like that Kevin Weeks leak where it was like, oh, Calgary's gonna offer Matthew Kachuk. And we go from that to we got a prospect, a first round pick, and a guy who can help us now. It's like, okay, you did all right, I guess, but like, I wanted Matthew Kachuk. <laughs> so, like, <clears throat> I, I don't know. I don't know what you do about that. But there you go. I Buffalo's in a bad spot, but hopefully this for your friends who are Buffalo fans, they need it. Yeah. I mean, they're off to a good start this year, but like they also have to watch Robert Haig, and I know how that goes. Um yeah, but you guys took Razzis Ristolainen off their hands, so. Mm. <laughs> well, yeah. That's a conversation for another day. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to talk about? I don't really feel like there's much to say about Buffalo other than they're probably <laughs> still going to be bad this year. Are they, you telling they me? They have a shit ton of cap space, and they finally got this thing over with, and I can enjoy hockey Twitter again. Are you telling me you don't have any hot takes about a first line of Jeff Skinner, Tage Thompson, and Rasmus Asplund? 
Asplund? Yeah, no, I got nothing for you. I mean, they've just got a bunch of... They've got a weird mix of, like, young guys and just dudes. Yep. Okay, so real Mark Donk energy here is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Yeah, but I feel like they're more dudes than Mark Donks. Or dudes. Like, I don't know how Vinny Hinnestrosa is going to do if you strap Crosby next to him, you know? I don't know if he's, yeah, I don't know if he would catch fire like a, like a Connor Sherry would. Okay. Well, where can they find us? Yeah. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at bferrell727 for all of, I guess, my hockey hot takes and all of the Utah high school uh, sports coverage that you could ever want. You can follow TC on Twitter at TC underscore 904. And you can follow me or you can follow the pod on Twitter at grit per 60 pod. So yeah, but uh, thank you for listening and have a good one.